On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Who's next? Yeah, who's next? Welcome to The Crime! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business c-i-l-m-b you see stands for creating leverage in the music business we're so smart uh let me introduce you to my co-host and good friend mr brent baxter brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady annabellum joe nichols and more and brent also goes out of his way to help songwriters like you turn pro by teaching the art craft and equally as important the business is songwriting and you can find him at manversusrow.com that's manvsrow.com or the newly rebranded songwritingpro.com because after all we want you to be a songwriting pro there we go and i would like to introduce you to my co-host johnny dwinell johnny owns daredevil production it's an innovative artist development company they help you find your sound and they help you find your audience not only do they develop and improve your artistry they also grow and monetize your fan base creating Cash flow. Cash is king. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production singular, no S. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one Dr. Johnny. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I just played no, one I just, on TV. <laughs> it just felt right. It just felt like I almost said Dr. Johnny Fever. From WKRP in Cincinnati. It almost saw, went there. I just saw a clip from that on Facebook today with the whole turkey <laughs> thing with Les Sassoon. That was so, so such a fantastic show. Oh, <laughs> so good. So good. But uh, how you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Hey, listen, I just want to I just want to tell you, happy election day. Thank happy you. election day. Or um, maybe more appropriately. My condolences. Uh, yeah, we, we'll find so, out. Whatever's more appropriate today. Yeah, that's right. Today is election day in America, and, and we're so we're screwed. It doesn't matter who you vote for. So, oh my goodness! We well, right. before we started this recording, we just had a big long talk about Congress, and that's and, you know the issues uh, there. Not not left or right or anything like that. Just about incentivizing people to get to do the right thing and. We're just not set up that way as a good business in Congress anymore. That's a shame. Yep. So we're going to try and, you know, there's going to be a little bit of flavor of, of, you know, electoral day, whatever, today. But uh, we're going to frame it around songwriting opportunities. So we're going to talk about songwriting opportunities and how to get elected for more songwriting opportunities. Boom. Tip your waiters and waitresses, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Exactly. We we are (laughs) On point for the day. I love it. I love it. Let's hope this comes out on the right day. So, all right. So song op- songwriting opportunities are going to come to you as more and more people in the music businesses. So these are publishers, artists, producers, and other songwriters. Think three particular things about you. Okay. The more folks think these things about you, the more doors are going to open for you. And the more inside information you're going to get, the more successful you're likely to become. So what are these three magic beans? That can throw, you know, grow your songwriting career. Okay, buckle up because I'm about to drop some serious, deep philosophy on you. All right, you ready? You ready? Wait I'm for ready. it. I'm ready? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. I'm waiting. You want people to think, I know you. 
I like you. I trust you. Boom. Boom. There you go. Value bomb. Yep. Are you, are you surprised that these are the keys to the door of opportunity? If you are surprised, on behalf of the people of Earth, I welcome you to our planet. Okay. I hope. <laughs> right. I hope. Yeah. I hope you enjoy your visit. While you're here, I suggest uh, you, you check out the Grand Canyon and pancakes. If you only have time for one, go for the pancakes. Yeah, that or apple pie. But both of those apple are pie. really good. Apple pie is good. Uh, so this America. is a, so man. It's relationship based. It's relation. It's more than a good song. You've got to have that first. Mm-hmm. Got to have that. But, you know, it's just simple human nature that people want to work with people that they know, like, and trust. And if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you've probably heard actually a lot on Johnny's episodes and some on mine, the fact that people have to know, like, and trust you. Yeah. And that's a big part of the music business. So we're going to talk about that. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I already put the information together for this episode before I realized that it would be released on Election Day. I was looking down the list, you know, because uh-huh. we pre-record these. Um, so, and I think it's kind of ironic, you know why that is? Because it's about, you know, how important it is for the people in the music business to know and like you. Okay. And while most everyone in America knows who Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are, you know, I mean, their name recognition is off the charts for both. Most Americans don't like them and don't trust them. But one of them is about to become president. Yep. So it's kind of ironic. So, uh, I mean, please don't learn the wrong lesson from Election Day, okay? The wrong lesson would be like, oh, it doesn't matter if almost nobody likes you, trust me. As long as enough people know who I am, I can make it in the music business, right? Because most people don't like Trump and Hillary. Most people don't trust them. But one is about to get the most powerful office in the world, right? Yep. So don't learn that lesson. And I'm, I'm okay? like, I, don't think, I don't think, generally speaking, that most people like, uh, know, or trust any of their congressmen or senators either. <laughs> like they're, they're probably not even. They... <laughs> so, you know, and, and there's reasons why the music business is different than politics, and we're not going to spend time talking about politics, but um, there are some reasons the music business is different. Okay, one is, for one thing, we have more options of who we can work with is a yeah. big thing. But we're going to look at each one of these, no like, and trust. Let's dive into each one for just a little bit. Hopefully it. help you all out, help you open some doors, right? Help you get elected for more opportunities. All right, you ready for number one? I am. I know you. All right. Oh, I know you too. I know. Oh, yes. Number one. That's number one. I know you. Who's on first? All right. You have to get out there and shake hands, whether in person or digitally. Okay. Complete strangers rarely bring good opportunities. Although on a side note, there's a really promising email in my inbox right now from a prince in Nigeria. Yeah, I heard about that guy. I think he's got a lot of money for you. I'll tell you you about that one later. I think it's a really good deal. I'll see if I can catch you in on it. Don't be the prince in Nigeria, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, you know, complete strangers don't really bring great opportunities. So I can't tell you, you know, if you're a songwriter, I can't tell you that a new artist on Sony is looking for your type of song if I don't know you and I don't know what type of song you do. All right. If I don't know you, I can't invite you into a really great co-write. So you got to get out there and shake a few hands. Yep. Because if they don't know you, they can't bring you opportunities. Pretty basic, pretty simple. But, uh, you know, we're building here. Uh, Well, I mean, it is very basic and it is very simple. But at the same time, why do I feel like it's the most overlooked fact for people that are on the outside trying to get in the music industry? They think I'm just I write great songs. Why isn't the world figured that out you know and i mean we're doing great things at daredevil production i can tell you that right now we're changing the way the music industry is going to work 
but not everybody knows about us, you know, and, and we're trying to get out there. We're trying to shake hands, aren't we? We're trying to get to know you, the singer, the songwriter, the, the, the independent artist, and we're doing it. How are we doing it? We write a blog every week. We mm-hmm. do this podcast. We, you know, we do consulting. We, 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 we put up different workshops and try to get to know you and get to, to, to reach out and meet you. And in fact, we get business from that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got a, you know, a client from that, from that, um, from Amanda's uh, thing two years ago. I got oh, yeah. Client. Six months afterwards. But we met and this lady came up and asked me about Twitter. And I just, of course, you know, get me talking about social media and you'll never shut me up just like on this podcast. And, right. I, <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but you know what? She loved that passion. She got to meet me. She got mm-hmm. to meet me. She decided that she liked me. And then... It took a little while, but then she trusted me, you know, so I, it, it's, listen, it's the way the world works. Exactly. I mean, that, that is good parallels for, you know, this is aimed more at songwriting, but also if you're a musician uh, reaching out to your fans, same kind of thing. Yeah. Like Johnny talked about, we're, we're doing a podcast. This is so you get a chance to know us and we do the blog. So you get a chance to know what each of us does. And hopefully that leads you down the next step to decide whether or not point two, I like you. All right. So. That's right. So the music business is rarely like a serious medical condition. I know what you're thinking and don't say it. (laughs) Okay, so it's not really like a serious medical condition where there's like only one or two doctors in the world who can help. I mean, in that case, the doctor can be a complete jerk and you don't really care because he's the only one who can, I don't know, sew your face back on or whatever. (laughs) The facial (laughs) transplant. Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter if you like the doctor because he's like the only one that can put your face back on. But that isn't the music business where we're surrounded by talented people. And there are a lot of people that can write you a hit song. There are a lot of people who can play drums for you or play guitar for you or whatever. And so if we're going to extend a good opportunity, we're going to extend that opportunity to someone that we like. You know, in the music business, you know, we aren't stuck with a Donald or Hillary choice. That's there right. are inevitably some people around that we actually like, you know. So so that's an important thing. It's not enough for them to know you because there are some people like, oh, him. Yeah, boy, everyone knows him. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Like his chances of success go down as more people meet him. OK, right. you don't want to be that guy. You that's know, right. you want to be the person. OK, oh, more people are knowing you. And then more people that know you, the more people that like you, like, oh, he's a great guy or she's man. She's awesome. She's a sweetheart. You want that kind of reaction because they're more likely to throw you the bone versus somebody else who they don't know or they know, but they don't really care about. That's right. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, we put that into practice here. Here's a real world example. Uh, Neil Schuyler. Mm-hmm. When Neil Scala came to town. So first of all, I knew you and I liked you and you knew me yeah. and you liked me and I trusted well you enough. and you trusted me. And or well <laughs> enough, yeah. And and I was like, <laughs> hey man, I got this artist coming to town. Would you want to set aside some time and write with her? Killer, mm-hmm. I, I told you a little bit about her and you liked what you heard. Mm-hmm. Um it just from me though. It was a referral, right? right. And then yeah. so that opened the door, but then mm-hmm. Neil had to come in and close it. Right. And, right and really deliver and so you and mm-hmm. her and who else was on that was it um jason cox jason cox yeah and y'all three mm-hmm. sat down and i mean after the session was done we had a killer song and a good experience right like like yeah. everybody liked what happened in that writing room and mm-hmm. and that kept the door open for her and created a new relationship for her she was new to nashville uh, mm-hmm. She's a Dallas artist, so um, mm-hmm. you know that, that. I think that that that's important. But 
there it is. Like, so a relationship to get in the door and then her ability to make a relationship, you know, show up and work hard and, and impress right. you and impress your, you know, Jason. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's it, right? In a nutshell, that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of it. And, and speaking of co-writing, you know, a lot of times it, there's a, there's a balancing act. Like, uh, I, you know, I've been blessed to write with some artists with record deals and, there are times where you know you win. It's not just enough to win the song as a co-writer. You want to win the hang, you yeah. know. Yeah. You, you want them to have a good experience. I had an experience where I wrote with an artist, and then another person. So it was, it was a three-way. You know, me and this other guy that I've written with several times, and then this artist who I'd just met once before, but has had some hits, and we got a chance to write together. And you know what this artist does is a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but we were working on this this idea. And, you know, I was kind of pushing for, for some stuff for the song, you know, wanting to win the song, make the song as good as it can be. And I think my other co-writer was winning the hang. Okay. <laughs> you know? Like they were hitting it off more like just personally. Yeah. You know, than this artist and I did just because we're just different people. Right. And sometimes you click and sometimes you don't. And this artist and I didn't click as much, whether it's a little bit of nerves on my part or just I can sometimes be kind of all business kind of stuff, or whatever. If I'm not sure what else to talk about, this business, write a great song. Sure. You know, and then later they ended up getting together, you know, to write some other stuff. And he's like, he called me. He's like, hey, listen, I just want you to know I'm getting together with so and so. And I just don't want any sneaky Pete stuff. I just will let you know up front. You know, they invited, invited me into Cora. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, just because we were at once together doesn't I mean we have to continue. Yeah, we ain't married. Yeah, we ain't married. You know, and so, but that was that was a lesson too. Going and the song was good enough. The artist demoed it, and put her voice on it. Awesome. You know, so it was one that was considered. So it was a good song, but I didn't win the hang part of it, and that's an important part. So yeah, the, it was kind of a blind date, you know, with the artist. So then the artist got to know me, but there wasn't enough. I think the artist liked me fine, whatever. Not like we argued or anything, but. That I like you and I really like you and I want to work with you again. Because especially like as an artist, you had so many opportunities of people to write with. Yep. Because, you know, got a song on on the radio, that kind of stuff. And so you can really be picky because you have all this pool of talented people. Then you pick like, who do I really want to hang out with for whatever reasons? Maybe because, oh, we can talk Alabama football or we can talk hunting or we can talk cars or we can talk – purses or yeah. we can talk we're on the same planet they're from the mothership dogs yeah, exactly yeah. from the mothership whatever it is you know oh we both do crossfit so we can talk about that you know whatever i mean i can tell you this like from from an artist standpoint <clears throat> um what was more important to me about the band that i had and i was blessed to have them within Hey, Pantheon listeners christian swain here you caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with john and beth I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, 
or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Most everybody was in like a 25-mile square radius of where I grew up, except for one guy, Daryl, who was, he lived north of Milwaukee, so he's probably about 60 miles away, and we found him just luckily through... I think word of mouth of the paper or something like that, but but he mm. came into the gig. But when we all went to Florida and did that whole thing, I mean, it was about the hang mm-hmm. as much as it was about the talent. You know what I mean? If yeah. he was a jerk, I wasn't going to hang out, you know, and not certainly going to be on bus with him or <laughs> in a car with him or <laughs> right. what, you know, what, forget about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, same thing with the, with the writing situation. And by the way, I mean, I, you turned me on to Kelly Bannon's podcast. Uh-huh killer i I listened to two episodes of that already she talks about her the real world example of her being a major label artist and having to go on radio tour for four months and she goes you know what it is it's about the hang Mm -hmm. it's about the hang she goes i found myself singing a bowling alley while we're bowling with the people from this (laughs) from this radio station because i want them to like me i want them you know we want to hang out we want to make something i want them to get behind me and and that is no different than this this is creating relationships it, mm-hmm. it, this is a deep, this is a deep dissection of how to create a meaningful relationship with somebody that you want to have a relationship with. You know. Yeah, and yeah, that is a that is a really good podcast. It's called This Nashville Life with Kelly Bannon. So you know she has to used to have a record deal and all that stuff. And she actually an, an upcoming episode of one maybe you haven't got to yet. She talks about co writing. And I was just thinking about that when we were talking about you know the I like you part. She said, you know, there's like this one person I write with. I'm not really sure what they do <laughs> like in the writing. Like, I, I can't really say, like, oh, you know, he does he's lyrics or he's melody or he's track or whatever. I'm not really sure. But I do know that I have such a good time and we get great songs. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what part he is actually bringing to the song. It may just be the positive vibes that maybe he's like the professional uh, muse or something. Allow me to do my best work, and we all feel good about each other, so we all just you know do our best work. She's I'm not really sure what part, like I can't point to a part of the song that he brings to it, but right. we just know when he's in the room, we have a great time and we get great songs, and it works. Yeah, and it works. <laughs> Isn't that so, fantastic? I mean, there it is. I know. Which I was like, I wish I could be that person. But, you know, she like uh, whoever this writer is, obviously she likes him. She enjoys the hang. Yeah. She knows him and she likes him. And it's creating opportunities for this person. I know. Go for it. So I know you and I like you. Real important. I know. And now we got to get to the third one. I trust you. All right. So let me tell you about my brother-in-law, Matt Klein. John, you know Matt. I know Matt real well, yeah. He's not. Yep. So I've known Matt for over a decade now. He's a great guy. Um, so, you know, if he tells me we're going to take a 500-mile road trip in an old Mercedes that he's running on used veggie oil, I'm cool with that. he really has that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, hey, come on, jump in the car. It's going to smell like a state fair. We're going to just run down to, like, Missouri 500 miles away, other side of Missouri. And, you know, we might have to clean some chicken fat out of the fuel filter from time to time. 
True story. <laughs> no but, way I got to hear about that. Yeah, but I trust we're going to get where we're going. Yeah, side of the road, Missouri. It's like Thanksgiving. We're going to go visit family. And we're like, oh, it's clogging up a little bit. Did it, did it, you know, you know, pull over, fuel filter, chicken fat, get it out of there, back in. <laughs> greasy roll. rider. The, t- greasy the trials rider. and tribulations of greasy rider. <laughs> right. Or... You know, if Matt tells me he's going to help me sell some stuff on eBay or Amazon, I am totally down with it. Because after all, Matt's a guy that's found and sold like a stupid amount of, I don't know, urinal cakes in bulk, right. doorknobs, and even even a prosthetic leg with shoe from the early 1900s. Oh, hell no. He's found, oh, yeah. He's found and sold on eBay. That's so funny. if he wants to help me sell some stuff on eBay or Amazon, cool. I'm down with You're that. Down. But you, yeah. yeah. But you know what? If I were to get on an airplane and hear his voice coming over the intercom from the cockpit saying, this is your pilot speaking, I'm getting off the airplane, okay? <laughs> you know why? Because while I trust him to go on a road trip and smell like a state fair, while I trust him to help me sell some stuff on Amazon and eBay, and I trust him to write songs with me, I don't trust him to fly an airplane. He has got a lot of skills, but That's flying an airplane is not one of them. Okay? <laughs> he is not a good fit for that job. By the way, if you didn't catch on that, I mean, the, he's got a he legit Matt legitimately has a Mercedes that runs on used oil, like like cooking oil, right? Yeah, on fryer grease. Yeah, and so that's why when he's saying it smells like a state fair, it really smells like a funnel cakes inside the car. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I made you snort. That is awesome. Like that is yeah. such a great story. He's a good dude. So anyway, I just. That was worth this whole podcast for me right then. But anyway, so folks in the music business, there is a segue. There's a point for me telling you about my brother-in-law, Matt. Folks in the music business are less likely to attach their name to you if they don't trust you for that particular job. All right. So, for example, okay, you've got a you've had a couple meetings with a publisher. He's gotten to know you and he likes you. That's awesome. That's great. You know, he gets warm fuzzies when he thinks about you. But you know what? He doesn't think your songs are that good. So is he going to set you up on a co-write with his best, like, hot streak writer? No, because he doesn't trust that you'll bring the goods. It doesn't matter that he knows you and he likes you. He doesn't trust that you're going to bring the goods that day. So he's not going to set you up on a co-write because he doesn't want, like, Mr. Hot Streak Songwriter knocking on his door the next day wondering why his day got wasted. He doesn't want to take that chance. He knows you, likes you, but he doesn't trust you. But – if he knows you, he likes you, and he does trust you, he can't wait to set you up on that co-write. Yeah. Because he likes you. He wants to do good things for you. That's what we want to do for people we like, and he trusts you. So not only is he bringing value to you, he's bringing value to his hot streak songwriter. Which makes him look cool. Yeah. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Right. So more trust is going to lead to bigger opportunities. Hey, can we, can we, can we uh, just – on that magnifier glass, just going down to like 20, 30, 40 X on that and go, go a little bit deeper. And I know this, like from, from a creative development standpoint, when I'm putting an artist with a certain set of writers, I'm very cognizant of, first of all, of course, I'm only going to pick writers that I believe number one, write great songs, right. That are going to add value to that project. But number two, I'm not pairing a writer that I trust for melody Mm -hmm. with another writer that I trust for melody 
Uh, right. Somebody got to be a lyricist in a room. Somebody got to be somebody got to trust for words, you know. Mm-hmm. So it boils down to as as well as, you know, is this writer going to fit the vibe of this particular artist? And at Daredevil, I mean, we're doing country stuff. We've got rock stuff. We've got um, pop stuff that we're that we're working with. So different writers good for different things. You know, um, yeah. some guys home run country music can't write a rock song, save a life. You know what I mean? And you've got to know right. that and then trust that, OK, I'm going to put them here or here but like you're a lyric guy so i'm put Hmm. you you know you working with neil for instance who's extremely good on melody you know Hmm. and and jason who's i I imagine great on melody and lyrics as well but also plays an instrument and and can just Mm -hmm. make the whole thing come to life and sing his butt off you know right uh, that just worked really really well and and so knowing and trusting like what part of the writing process are you really really good at and then you know, pairing you up with somebody that's going to complement your mm-hmm. talent really well. And that's about trusting to, okay, I, you know, not only do I trust that you're going to bring good lyric, but also trust that you're going to be a good hang and you're not right. going to be disruptive, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to be, I mean, we've all seen it in football, uh, you know, where you have the great superstar wide receiver or whatever, but he's just, mm-hmm. or quarterback, superstar premier athlete who's just so freaking disruptive to the team. Right, he doesn't get a job. Like the, it, it, it mm-hmm. supersedes the talent. Like they're like, you right. know what, dude? We we we're a team. You got to be. You're not worth it. Yeah, yeah. you're not worth. It's not you're worth not the drama. Worth the drama. Yeah. So yeah. all that it comes down to that whole I trust you part too. Just from uh, you know from my perspective of doing that. Right. I think it's not that. just the the trust of the the skill set. It's also the trust of the other stuff. And that's right. It's not just general trust. It's trust you in regards to what this particular situation calls for. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you, you can trust me on lyric. You don't trust me on melody, nor should you. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't trust me to sing the demo. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. You know, you can just because I, I trust someone to, you know, I don't know, babysit my kids doesn't mean I trust them to, you know, fly an airplane or to. That's right. Change the oil. And, in my I, car and I've seen, listen, I've seen, my a lot of, I've seen a lot of people go down in this town by putting, you know, well, I trust her because she's my girlfriend, so I trust her to do everything, you know? And it's yeah. like, no, that's not a good idea. Like, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's not a good idea at all, you know, or vice versa. I trust him because he's my boyfriend. I, I, you know, I've seen a major label artist fall apart, give all her money away, and because she trusted her boyfriend, who was a drummer, you know, and not, mm-hmm. didn't make the record. Like, I mean, just... You gotta, yeah. It's all you, like you do it in your life every day if you think about it. You know. Yeah, I trust certain people for different things. And you're talking about that co-write with Neil. Like you invited me in because you know, like, and trust me for that opportunity. Yep. I invited Jason in because I know Jason, right? Because we've written together before. Mm-hmm. I like Jason. He's a good hang, so I knew I would enjoy being in the room with him. And then I trusted him, you know, for the skill set needed. I mean, he's good with. He's a good singer. He's a good guitar player, good melody writer, good lyricist. He's, you know, he's kind of a utility guy. You can do all that stuff. Right. And so I trust him. I wouldn't have brought him in if I didn't trust that he was going to be right for that opportunity. Plus, he's more, you know, pop leaning, that kind of stuff. So I thought that from what you told me about Neil, that was going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah. A nice little ingredient in the soup. Yeah. And it exactly. was. And it was fantastic. You guys came up with the best song that we got out of the four weeks she was in town writing. Thank 
thank you. Um, and that's that's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so, yeah, but remember, it all goes back with getting to know someone and someone getting to know you. So you, you want to reach out in person at industry events. You want to reach out at writers' nights, workshops, online groups. Through social media, there are good ways to go about that and bad ways to go about that. You want to be likable. And then you want to knock their socks off with your songs and your professionalism. Yeah. And then you start getting more opportunities. Can I, can I, I want to add a little, a little something to that, uh, and we won't <laughs> run too long, but like, man, paying for it's not a bad idea either. You know, getting involved with an organization like NSAI or something like mm-hmm. that, where we actually get some face-to-face time with, with you, you know, to do some of those those things. When I first started uh, learning Pro Tools and just trying to be an engineer, I used to pay my ex-partner, Kelly. I would fly him out to L.A., and he mm-hmm. would charge me the bro rate just because the hang was good, right? And we would just do yeah. anything to make an excuse to hang together. And uh, and he would give me the – I was nowhere near what he would normally get in town here. But he would yeah. help me work on my stuff, and I got to learn. And I, I yeah. that was my education. I was like, wait, why mm-hmm. are you setting the compressor like that? How come you scooped out the 300 there on the acoustic? Oh, well, because we're doing it this way and da-da-da-da-da. And I was, oh, man, genius. You know what I mean? And it was, mm-hmm. listen, that was the least expensive education I got. I promise you the year <laughs> I was at the University of Whitewater was worthless. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot more than what I paid Kelly. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's you know, these kinds of things like to, to initiate, to get out. Maybe you're in a corner of the world where there's not a lot of professional songwriting going on and relationships to be made you can make them and if you've got the chops bring it you know spend a couple bucks and get in the right room and watch what happens exactly exactly so uh that's pretty much what i had for today so uh election day if you're if you're still up you know waiting for the returns to come in just maybe just need to take a break you know go go write a song there you go, go listen to some other take old episodes breath. of the climb yeah. <laughs> something positive that's right that's but, right. Uh, but that's not all you're giving away, my friend. What else we got going on for you? Oh, today? that's right. That's right. I do have a free ebook uh, that you can download. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It gives you uh, some insight into the mindsets of a professional songwriter like myself. Uh, everything from 10 ways to get on the radar of a music publisher to how to pro writers know who's looking for songs. Like, I got these songs. How do I know? even know who's looking for them? It goes into that. It goes into a bunch of other stuff. So it's an easy read. Uh, it's pretty quick. It's free. You know, you just you can get it at giftfrombrent.com. That's giftfrombrent, B-R-E-N-T.com. And uh, check it out. Let me know what you think about it. There you go. You know, so two things. Step one, you, got to, you have to get the, the book, okay? It's mm-hmm. free. Just tell them where to send it. Okay. Step That's two, part. be a pioneer and actually read it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Owning the I'm, book is not going to help your career. <laughs> Reading the exactly. book and applying the knowledge will help your career. Will put you in the right direction. <laughs> I try to make it easy for you. I I try to spell everything correctly. That's it's good. in a nice readable font. <laughs> uh, it's in English with a little bit of Southernese maybe thrown in. That's right. A little something, a little flavor. Try to make it easy for you. But yeah, so check it out. All right, you guys. Well, listen, that brings us to the end of another Climb episode. Thank you, Brent, for your insight. That was genius. We do this every day because we want you to win. So, uh, you know, leave a message. Share the information if you liked what you heard today. Leave a comment or a uh, rating and review on iTunes. Let us know what you think and really let the world know what you think because that makes a difference. And we, we just, again, we just want you to win. We want to help you out. That's what we're here for. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.